the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. Hi there, and welcome to Lifeline with uh, Pastor Phil Howard. Tonight it is our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline, and our February edition as well. The the, the month of love, the month of uh, love and marriage, love and marriage. Yeah, um, no, seriously, it is. It's um, it, we have we have uh, along with Hallmark fondly called this the the month of love. Happy Valentine's Day, recently passed, hopefully still. Engaged in your life to some degree, we are uh, we're going to key off of that tonight and try and bring some, at least in my mind and in our mind this evening, some some uh, some restoration to the truth of love and what love really is. I mean, you know, uh, Hallmark's made their their money for the year off of this past couple of weeks, and uh, you know, the the chocolate industry is uh, sitting back to take a rest, just like the elves on the the twenty eighth day of December. And uh, we're kind of getting back to normal. But there is there is something else about this understanding of love, especially marriage, that we wanted to address tonight um, and, and, and try and hopefully, prayerfully help you walk through maybe some, some struggles you're going through. Uh, while we do celebrate uh, with, with uh, cards, flowers, and candy this, this day we call Valentine's Day, we also know and are keenly aware of all of the marriages that are broken, breaking, uh, on the verge of breaking. We know that uh, for everyone who's, you know, enjoying the newness of love, there are thousands who are struggling trying to make it through one more day in love, if it's even love at all. We know that there are many of you listening tonight uh, that are wondering, is today the day I'm going to leave? Is tomorrow morning the day I'm going to leave? I, can I go on any more in this? Uh, my spouse won't do this. My spouse won't do that. Um, as, as, as Pastor Phil talked about just a moment ago before we started the, the program tonight, uh, maybe you're looking at a secretary you shouldn't be looking at. Maybe you're looking at uh, a pool boy you shouldn't be looking at. Maybe you're looking at websites you shouldn't be looking at. Maybe porn has got you uh, captivated and captured. There are a myriad of reasons why you should leave your spouse. Uh, there is no end to the list, none whatsoever. But there is a God in heaven who says, here's why you need to stay. Mm. Here's what I've created. Here's what I've designed. And here's why I've designed it. And so with those three things, I think is uh, uh, where we want to start our program this evening. We want to help you understand what true love really is. 
Absolutely. What marriage is all about. And the best place to start, Phil, is is with God himself, the author and creator of it. Absolutely. As you quoted uh, John 3.16, did God create marriage to torture us? Uh, is you know is the author of the paint, the painting of the author of the uh, clay pot, what what was in his mind when he's making these things, and so God was smiling on everything He made in Genesis, and we accept those chapters. The first three chapters of Genesis is the bedrock of the Bible. If you don't believe those first three chapters, you won't believe any of the others. Ultimately, right? But we understand that the Creator uh, made a man and a woman that did not evolve. They were intelligent. They were fully grown. They were mature adults, and uh, he brought Adam and Eve together to answer this question of man's aloneness. He, this is a, a, a humbling statement by God for God to say, Adam, you've got me, but you're still a- alone. I mean, that that is a quite a statement for the Creator to say. I mean, uh, you mean just to have God isn't enough? And Adam didn't say that. No. But God read it. God, God saw the void. Because after he named all these animals, mm. I often used to jokingly say, I would have hated if the last thing I named was a hippopotamus and then to wake up and God say, I want to make you something. And I said, what's this going to be? Had no idea of what the beautiful, beautiful creature that God was mm. going to give him. But he didn't make it to make us miserable. No. Uh, and uh, everything in paradise was perfect. And uh, uh, sin broke. Uh, we listened to a liar in the garden. We do. We, we, would, we would be just fine if there's no other voice in the garden but Adam and God. But boy, when a third voice showed up and we started believing the lies, we're going to get ready to bury a boy. And we're going to get ready to weep, and funerals are going to start because the lie we've been paying for for about 10,000 years, burying one generation after another because we bought a lie. We can make it without God. And he's the one that said, you not only need me, but ideally you need a companion. Right. And and not just any companion. Again, I love the fact that God would have Adam name all of these animals first. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to run through everything I've created. I'm going to run it all in front of you. And I'm going to show you how it's all insufficient. How it's not, it'll serve a purpose. The cattle will serve for food. The birds will serve for aesthetic pleasure. Um, These various creatures will serve various aspects and elements of your life. But they're not going to be the complete that I have designed for you. And that's going to be in, in what I'm going to create out of your own body. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to anesthetize you. I'm going to I'm going to put you to sleep and I'm going to take something out of your own body and I'm going to make someone out of your own body. 
That will be a mighty kind of deliverer, as you share the Hebrew word etzer, that it, this will not be a, a clinging vine. Right. This will not be. And as you study uh, history, when you study the ancient Near East, uh, women weren't having epidurals to have no. babies. Uh, <laughs> they weren't having dishwashers, and they weren't. Uh, and the men may have been the hunters, but these women kept that house going. These children changed. The fires begun. It's an amazing thing what women have done in history. They have been a mighty help. Yeah, they have. And the thing is, you know, we we look at that now, and what you have just said probably has offended a lot of women right now because of where we found ourselves, at least here in America in the 21st century. That kind of thinking about what a woman is designed to do is anathema in their minds. It, it, it it's It's bondage to them. That's amazing. Well, that they wound up becoming uh, in bondage to a paycheck and a brutal schedule that we put so many roles on them. Mm-hmm. They are to be uh, the world's greatest lover, the world's best manager, uh, the best mother, the best home. Hey, uh, we've loaded them up with so much that we've destroyed their uniqueness. And yeah. so now I said, I can compete in a man's world. Help yourself. Yeah. Uh, help. But it, it, you can lose your distinction and your uniqueness. You know, if, if I go back to Ephesians and Paul saying, but I speak a great mystery. I speak of Christ in the church. This illustra- This is all a, a, a master illustration that God has designed for. I mean, marriage uh, there. You know, I've, I've got a nice little uh, booklet here that, that, that gives us six reasons why God institutes marriage. And they're good reasons. But at the end of the day, the master reason, while all these reasons are valid and, and, and right and, and godly, the master reason is to illustrate the love of Christ for the church. And now, if I take a look at what you've just talked about, about how men have uh, acquiesced to, to a woman's desire to be in this feminist movement equal to men. I, I, I start seeing I start seeing us demanding a legalism of our wives that shouldn't be. I mean, this is what a lot of women would see as empowering. I see as enslaving and a legalistic life that has no happiness to it. Am I off base on that, or are we are we kind of at least hitting the same forest? Well, they, you, if you break the rule book or the design, uh, today's roles, I mean, all kinds of, men don't know what to be. No, they um, don't. Men have been feminized. Uh, to see the clothing and the models uh, on the screen. Uh, it, it, it's been a long time since you've seen a man with grease on his face. Yeah. <laughs> a, a long time since you've seen uh, a guy being athletic. No, no. Uh, those who are opposed to the designer and you've already kicked out a creator. So man has become the creator. I, I think you ought to be female. You ought to be male. Uh, who are you to tell me my role? Right. Uh, how about my creator telling me that, and I'll accept his role. And the wife, uh, and, and you take, uh, it's interesting, uh, I happen to have raised daughters, 
And, and let me tell you, uh, mentally equal any day of the week, uh, contribute, uh, hold their own. I always uh, told my girls when they were wanting to date and, you know, contemplating marriage, I said, just don't be a clinging vine. Right. A, a man uh, needs, she, at first he may want to claim the, the dumb blonde jokes. Right. Um, right. Which are, is demeaning. Uh, but oh yeah, I'm gonna others that I can manipulate, get my way with, and and I look cool. Yeah. You're only you look good to take to the dance, but I don't love you, yeah. and I won't uh, and I won't treat you like I love you. I'll use you. Well, that that takes us back then once again to our foundation of all of this. Whether you're a man or a woman, where is your love based? What is it that you pin your hopes and your life on? Is it going to be your mate or is it going to be your creator? We need to talk about that and we'll do so uh, right after this break. We do have to take our first time out. You're listening to Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline. Pastor Phil Howard, Truth For Today edition. You can hear Truth For Today Sundays at 8.30 here on KFAX. Catch up the podcast uh, wherever podcasts are sold, uh, batteries sold separately. But you can. You can, listen to, you can listen to Truth For Today as a podcast. Uh, go to uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all of those places will have it. So just look up Truth For Today, and it'll be there. Or Join us Sunday before you go to church, 8.30 in the morning, right here on KFAX. Tonight, we are talking about love. It is the month of love, February. We've just celebrated uh, Valentine's Day. And we're trying to recapture some of what God has created. Because it's easy for a fallen society to warp and ruin what God has created. And we're really good at it. And, and so uh, it, it's incumbent upon us to kind of go back and, and walk once again through God's garden and find out what God has designed love to be, specifically marriage. Um, Please stay with us as we work through this this evening. I pray that we'll have some answers for you that will encourage you, uh, especially if you find yourself struggling uh, in your relationship, in your marriages. Um, and, and, and along the way, uh, because it's going to present itself, we'll probably touch base on some of the current sexual deviant issues that we face in America. Um, that's just seems like it's skyrocketed and gone off the charts these days. Well, and I guess maybe we can start there and just deal with it effectively, Phil. Um, God creates man and woman. Nothing else, nothing less, and, and there are no very, very various pronouns that go along with that. No. This is, this is uh, two and two only. Absolutely. Has anything changed? Well, in the culture, everything's changed. Everything's up for definition. Um, and uh, it's a pitiful day when man has become the creator. Right and uh, and now we got uh, young children getting hormone shots and testosterone shots. I was just uh, found out that you can get uh, testosterone. Go to Planned Parenthood; they'll give you the shot and no questions asked and wow. no parents informed. So I mean, it's bizarre, bizarre to us who uh, consult the Bible as the dictionary for our function. 
But I think of uh, uh, those who husbands thinking of uh, Valentine's and the wives. Look at the model. I think of here, husbands, love your wives. Now, now, if you're a good, healthy uh, male, you immediately think of sex. Right. Love your wives. And uh, sex doesn't equal love. And uh, ask any woman. She'll tell you that. Uh, my, my wife said, don't ever tell me you want sex. Uh, th- that's cold to me. That's a, If you want to love me, if you want to enjoy me, that's different. Yeah. But sex is something you can pay for. The word pornea uh, comes from the Greek word that means for sale. Right. And so sex for sale, is, it's happening all over the globe. I, I think of God watching 7 billion people on this globe. He sees a lot of sex every day, whether in procreation or in immorality. But he says, husbands, the word here, sacrificially love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He never had sex with the church. That's interesting. All the false gods that the Jews fell for, Mm. they were all sex gods. Right. Fertility, sex. Matter of fact, I'll sacrifice my daughter to these gods. I'll even burn them up. But there were always sex. They had phallic worship. It was was blatant, gross, uh, terrible. But here Christ says, I love my church, not in those kind of terms. Never. To make her, here's the effect. I will make her holy. Now ask yourself, husband, is your love for your wife making her any more like God? Mm Mm-hmm. And your love for her has a cleansing effect because you're going to be washing her maybe through the word that you're having devotions or you're quoting a verse. But the word is what Christ uses. Why shouldn't a husband who claims to know Christ use and to present her to himself as a radiant church? without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. It's interesting. Uh, I'm in the eighth uh, decade of life, and uh, I I had a precious wife just say the other day, you know what? I can't help it. I'm beginning to get wrinkles. (laughs) And I said, you know what? Wrinkles can never destroy the beauty that God's put in you. Well, and that that takes you then to First Peter, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> I mean, the beauty in this woman has been Christ, has been joy, has been peace. Uh, it's something that makeup can't put. Right. Uh, the beauty parlor can't do it. It comes from Christ. And that's what our homes, uh, all these uh, placebos and all these false remedies to look good, <laughs> said, well, I look good, but I act like a witch. Mm. No, 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 mm. no. Can you have a heart transformation? And just treat this dear one are you having a positive? See, the love of American and the American male is get what you want. You better put it out, baby, or I'm going to walk. Right. Instead of, if you hang with me, babe, you're going to become more than you ever would have without me. Mm. 
I'm going to make you better than when I found you. And I'm going to beautify your heart as we live together. Mm -hmm. And I'm coming to my 59th anniversary in June. Dated the girl two and a half years before that. So 62 years I've been kissing the same girl. And she's as pretty as the day I met her. Well, and that's and and I, I imagine you've probably said the same thing. You, as you said, you've raised girls. I've I've got eight. Um, we we kind of we kind of have the same thing going here. But I, I I tell my daughters all the time, mom's beauty is what I see inside of her as she follows Jesus. Her love for Jesus is what makes her beautiful on the outside, and that's what's going to make you beautiful. Absolutely, it's not going to be the makeup and the cosmetics and. And, and what TikTok is going to show you what you should look like. Yeah. It's the it's your heart. And the more you fall in love with Jesus, the prettier you're going to be. Absolutely. And, 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 and desirous from a godly man. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and, and we don't mind a little makeup. <laughs> well, know. if the barn needs painting, you yeah. paint it. Is yeah, ugly's not in. Ugly's <laughs> not in. But, you know, a pretty face and a bad heart. Or a bad attitude. That's horrible. That's a disastrous combination. Hey, uh, we can beautify and improve the external, but only God can do a work in the heart. Put lipstick on a pig and it's still a pig. Oh, my land. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't know we were going to the farm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that note, we'll take a quick time out. Maybe we'll sell some farm feed, I guess. I don't know. we've We've got some business to take care. When we come back, I, I want to talk about. We've kind of been skirting about with this a little bit, but it, this is this is all going to deal with selflessness, and and that's going to be crucial and key for any successful marriage. And we need to let's explore that a bit on the other side of this commercial break. Quick time out. Back after this, as Lifeline continues with Pastor Phil Howard on, tr- on our Truth for Today edition. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. We're back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, Truth For Today edition of Lifeline, our February Lovers edition. It's uh, it's the love month, and what we are doing is just walking back through God's Word to see what true love really is all about, and especially if you find yourself struggling in your relationships at this time, uh, or maybe you find yourself bound to some, some sins that are hampering that relationship. We're hoping that our program today will give you some uh, encouragement and some help along the way. Now, as we left our last segment, we were talking about the fact that uh, in the midst of our relationships, uh, it, 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 it's a complete given that we we are going to struggle. No marriage is perfect. No. It, it, it's just it, it's impossible to find because of the fall, sin, our you know our flesh. Nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, says Paul. So uh, it's assumed that uh, that is going to produce trials and struggles. And many of you, as you listen tonight, are probably going through that. Some of you are probably wondering: Should I leave him tomorrow? Should I leave her tonight? Some of you, as we mentioned earlier on, are, are, are looking at people you probably shouldn't be looking at. And uh, you, you, to the point that you may even have some friends going, oh, yeah, I'd go for that, man. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, God's word is going, no, I've got something better for you. And so you find yourself in the midst of these trials, these struggles. Are there benefits, Phil, 
or, or are these trials that we go through in our marriages just a complete waste of time? No, they're uh, God's working all things together for good, and marriage is good. He said it's it's a good thing. As you read Proverbs, he said, "He that has found a wife has found a good, good thing, thing, a gift from the Lord." And the same Proverbs warns about the woman that's like a drip that is a constant nag uh, and uses it. Over. My wife and I were going through Proverbs together, and, and we both got tickled at how many times she was called a drip. Oh, and, no. Uh, no. You no. know, it was just over and over. <laughs> and so it, on one side, it's saying it's blessed. Uh, a, a wife is a gift from the Lord as our children, but then also the faults. You know, marriage is perfect. It's just the people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, it's a wonderful thing. Once you introduce people, it messes oh, it, it all up. It messes it all up. And uh, we used to say, if you're looking for a perfect church, you'll ruin it the moment you join. Yes. And so uh, we just assume the frailty of human beings. And uh, I, I think that you, you learn, I'm thinking of what he told Peter said, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Now, now listen to this. Honey, get me another beer. Honey, uh, would you bring out the peanuts? The guys are here. There's about five of us. And, and could you keep the kids quiet while we watch the game? Where'd and, the remote go? And where's the remote? And uh, uh, I don't want to have to ask for a second beer. And say, oh, what consideration. Oh. And, and oh, by the way, she's only seven months pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Peter said, would you be considerate of them? And treat them with respect. Uh, you know, that one boy said he was nine years old before he found out his name wasn't shut up. And <laughs> so he's saying, please treat them with respect as the weaker vessel. Now, a woman could be offended at this. Uh, but uh, I, I used to hear it said, the woman was the fine china, the man was the old mug. Yeah. And uh, she she was meant to be made uh, uh, more fragile, not have the brute strength that men uh, were normally associated with. Uh, treat her uh, with respect. And uh, we used to say in Dallas at Dr. Walford, they would say to a man, said, are you a Dallas man? And you know what that meant? Because of Dr. Walford, you always open the door for your wife and this and that. And I didn't always do that. And one day, Carolyn said, Dallas man, I said, today I'm a Richmond man. Get in that car. <laughs> you know, because she knew the line to say to me, uh, look at and that your heirs. I, I mean, it is such a blessed state. And of course, he's telling her, beautify your heart and yes. be like Sarah. And um, what are the main rubs? You, well, uh I started out broke and had no money, but we made this decision. And I think this is a big thing, especially Christian young people. I don't believe long dating is safe in our culture. No. I, I don't think you will keep from being immoral. And so 
I told Carolyn we had $500 we saved to get married. And uh, that seemed humongous until we had car trouble. (laughs) But I said, you know what? I would rather get married poor than I would to be immoral with you. Yes. And uh, you're, you're a wonderful, godly woman. And I'm trying my best to be pure and to be a, a, a Christian. So I said, let's get married. We'll figure out the finances. But uh, th- this is enough. Two years of, and we live, we, we only have to see each other on the weekends. Today, these kids are with each other all the time, and they just can't prevent the physical. This is this is oh you, you you've made woman this is now bone of my bone flesh of my flesh and now I'm going to date her and see if she's right for me oh my and let, let thank you God for for what you've built for me but um, I'm I'm gonna check it I'm gonna test drive it for a few months first I want to make sure yeah no and just pray it, she won't get pregnant it goes right to marriage yeah she uh, this is now your wife yeah there it is no courting. No, no, no dating. No, no checking out the, under the hood. This it, it goes. It, it and, and I think we we have lost. There sight wasn't of that. too many choices. No, there, <laughs> there really wasn't, was there? Uh, but the, the fact is, the beauty of marriage is growing together in Christ. How you how you going to do that by just checking them out first? You, you don't know. You have no clue. And, and, and by checking them out, how, what kind of trust do we really have in God? What are we saying when we date for more than seven, eight months without getting married? By, by, by year's end, what does that say about our trust in God? It's dangerous, dangerous. Very. There was no Bible for courtship. Mm-hmm. It's a dangerous. And you could see in the Arab world and the Middle East, uh, why they kept women covered and distanced because uh, they were well acquainted with the power of lust mm-hmm. and and they uh, trying to to guard it. But you know what's interesting? We're talking right now. We're talking to the choir in the audience. Right. Yeah. If, pretty much. If I'm an unsaved guy, Lizzie said, "Make her more like Christ." Uh, to, to hell with Christ, to be right. blunt about it. That, yeah. uh, I'm not interested in Christ. I'm interested in beer, sex, and she better do what I say. Right. And so then you're introducing such a lofty, biblical, divine motive in this that says, wow, uh, it, it would take a new birth. It yeah. would take coming to, to even get to that elevated level. Well, put a bookmark right there. We have to take another time out. But when we get back, uh, that brings up the thought that there are many out there who, uh, against the better wishes of parents, did missionary dating. And so now you have unequally yoked marriages. So we do have listeners uh, who are probably married to somebody who's not. So what does God say about all that? Let's talk about that on the other side of this break as Lifeline continues in a moment. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we're back. It's Lifeline, our Truth For Today edition with Pastor Phil Howard. And it is also our Love edition. It's, uh, and meanwhile, the, <laughs> that's a big yawn, brother. Holy cow. Our producer is over here in the corner yawning. It's <laughs> like... 
I won't tell your wife, and, and we'll keep her from this con- this broadcast. Okay, <laughs> we are we're talking about love and and uh, a true love, what real love really is, and and the only way you're going to come up with this is not through Hollywood movies, not through the, not through Nashville songs, but only through God's word. Are you going to get a clear view of what love really is? And we get it in spades. We we began uh, Phil back in Genesis. And and you touched on it briefly, but I want to go back to it because it, it, there is so much to this. God himself says it's not good that man should be alone. Now, this is the God of this universe who is a jealous God who we are created by. And he's saying that, Adam, you're, you're missing a piece. I, I, I am your sufficiency. I am your all in all, but you're still missing a piece. There is a, 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 a humility or a humbleness I see in God, this godly humbleness that God, the creator, is saying, you're missing a piece. I'm going to fix it. There is. A, 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 and I see that translating for you and I on a human perspective as a selflessness. And at the end of the day, I see a lot of marriages failing because everybody is, well, she doesn't do this for me. Well, he doesn't do that for me. And self is at the center of all this. Can you, can you honestly, do you see in Scripture anywhere that says that we can have a successful marriage if we are self-driven? Well, it's, it's the... Um the mirror of marriage, we all find out we're selfish once we get married. Because right. if it's just been you, uh, it's easy. Uh, it's where most most men grow up without anyone giving an honest reflection of what, what they come across like. Because uh, we only hang with people who affirm us. Right. And so we're usually not improved much by who we hang with unless we have an honest, truthful friend. And then to think of marrying, sleeping with, uh, getting up in the morning where you both look like uh, Merle Haggard's wife, and that's Mrs. Haggard, <laughs> and you you get up in the morning and said, boy, uh, the makeup wore off. Now it's just us, and bills are due, and kids, uh, once kids are on site, uh, my, it just keeps chiseling away at the self-centeredness. It's first you and her. Those children will certainly chisel away. Uh, and so selfishness is inborn, and, and we don't even realize it. It's it's just there. Well, that's the heart of our sin, isn't it? Pride. I, I think so. Yeah. Especially when you get a marriage uh, uh, like myself. I'm the youngest. I married the eldest. And those combinations are, she always feels like she's taking care of the baby. And, and I don't mind as long as it's good treatment. <laughs> as long as, and it's been good treatment so far, you know. And uh, so it's... It, it's, I think it, uh, it. That's what really shows up, you know. That uh, I'm not getting my way. Uh, I, are we really? Just think of it. Uh, let's take us men back to when we got married. Uh, our ages, okay. I was twenty. Uh, I don't know what you men were, but hey, I was a Christian. Uh, I was in Bible school, so I was way advanced 
far as uh, uh, I feared God, that kind of thing. I wasn't a playboy. Uh, but, man, uh, I remember what Chuck Swindoll told a bunch of uh, us Dallas guys one time. He said, men, you'll find it's hardest to live at home. <laughs> he said, being on a platform can be a false paradise. You know, you're the, you're the man in charge. If you're the pastor or the guest speaker, you know, you, you can pontificate, be the authority, and then go out that door and within 10 minutes on the ride home, get in a spat with your wife or some misunderstanding. So it's, it's humbling. It's life changing. Uh, and it's one of the greatest, uh, greatest, what could I say? Adventures. Uh, adventures yeah. and molding. Uh, what, what, I forget what they call these machines where you put the rocks in and, and the buffeting. Oh, right. Yeah. The, the tumblers, the tumblers, the rock tumblers. Yeah. yeah. And say, polish. Sometimes you feel like you're in the rock machine and being tumbled. <laughs> but, uh, I know in our early marriage, we, we had a spat and the word divorce came up. And uh, I told my wife, I said, never again let that word be used in this home. It is never a cure. It's not the uh, answer. We, we are committed to resolution and solving things God's way. And thanks be to God, in 59 years, one time it was used in the early marriage. Well, I, I'll get a divorce. I said, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, that that is not the cure. Right. And thank God we've never had to. <laughs> right, exactly. Was it uh, um, Billy Graham's wife said, is it, divorce never, murder? I'll entertain. <laughs> 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 but the fact is, I, I, again, we go back to uh, our first parents. And you see what John says. It's it, it, right out of Eve. It's uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. The tree is, is, is good to look at, lust of the eyes. It's good for food, lust of the flesh. And it's, it's desire to make one wise. Ooh, now I'm thinking of self. That's all about me. It's no longer about God. It's about me. And every time we get into that me mentality, that's when we start falling, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so to build a home, it's amazing they stayed together. Uh, isn't it? And that they uh, buried a boy together. But the sorrows, the sorrows of life. And I'll tell you, uh, when he said you need a companion, uh, do you need a companion to uh, have sex to be romantic for the physical. How about uh, having one when you're burying your son? How about uh, having someone there uh, when your wife nearly dies in childbirth? How about having someone there uh, when you fall through a keystone bridge and you and a black gentleman are buried up to your neck and the stone rolls up next to your head? And it will take you months to recover. Who wants you then? Hmm. Who will bring the soup? Who will bring uh, the cup of coffee? Who will bear with you uh, while you're healing? 
how about a dad taking care of a nervous breakdown woman that he can't sleep with for maybe uh, a year mm. because she's screaming so much, give me back my boy. Mm-hmm. Give, uh, you want to help mate? I, I, I don't need help for sex as much as for sorrow. Right. I, I need someone uh, when I'm beat up, when I'm struggling with my own image. Uh, give me a helpmate. Well, and, and we are made, we both, male and female, are made in God's image. Now, we know God is spirit. So we're not carrying around a physical view of God. We're, yes. we're not a physical image. We are, we're carrying about his nature, his character, who he is, his compassion, his loving kindness. Kindness, his grace, his patience, all of these attributes. That's what he that's what he's poured into us. Now for you and I, boy, we we're great at logic and reason. It's black and white. My wife has the ability to come alongside and say, Well, you didn't see that shade of gray over there, did you? <laughs> oh my, no, I didn't. Well, yeah, it's gray over here, and let me show you why. And you know, oh, I I, I know our child has done wrong and you're ready to take the belt to him, but have you thought about this? And there's a there's a compassionate side to our helpmates that you and I, if we're honest with ourselves, and any man listening tonight, if you're if you're honest with yourself, we don't. That's a chip we don't often possess. We it gets loaned to us once in a while, but if we if we look at our mates, our soulmates, our helpmates, in in the fact that they do complete us with some of those characteristics that we don't possess. Well, especially. Uh, let's take uh, World War II generation. Let's, let's, yeah. let's go back. Uh, where uh, Rambo, macho, a soldier, strong, in charge, uh, and taught uh, not to let the lip quiver, taught right. not to show emotion. And kids were raised by sergeants who were quick to strike with the belt. It's why the movement said, you whip your kids. That's child abuse. Right. Because many times it was. Um, no, no. And so this wife comes along and uh, they bring emotion and nurture. Yes. That, yes. Uh, I, I often say it's amazing watching NFL games. The guys used to wave to their mother. They never waved they to don't their dad. Anymore, do they? Yeah. Because yeah. dad is cussing them because they dropped the ball. Yeah. Mom would say, did they hurt you? Yeah. Did they hurt you? And, and we're, we're more interested in a touchdown than if they got hurt. Right. It's it just the... The outlook. Uh, you didn't look for your your dad as a whole for compassion. Uh, I did because I had a dad that had buried boys and being the baby and a, a great a great bunch of sisters and brothers that that nurtured me. The whole family raised me. Right. Uh, and I tell you, compassion uh, and that nurturing. I got it from my sister. Mm -hmm. I got it from my dad that had been broken and had failed. Uh, You know what? It's why I've always, I'll always be a poor boy at heart because I know all the roots of where they came and the poverty. And uh, I will always love black people because my folks going to church with black brothers and sisters. And uh, uh, I, I could never... Uh, I could never hate them yeah. because we were in the journey together from poverty 
to uh, having something. We were raised in a selflessness attitude back then. Thank and I think you. We've, we've, we've lost a lot of that. Let's get, take a quick time out. When we come back, uh, we'll continue our conversation about love, uh, relationships, and what God has designed and why. And hopefully along the way, you're being encouraged as well. In fact, when we come back, let's talk about uh, the trials that so many of us go through in our relationships and how to, how to use those trials for benefit and what kind of benefit comes out of them. So hang on. We'll be right back. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, Truth For Today edition, talking about love as the month of February comes to a fast end. And uh, we we look back one last moment at at Valentine's Day and what real love is all about. We're talking about that. We're talking about what God has designed, what he has created, and why. And Mary. Marriage is such a beautiful, intimate thing. But, you know, Pastor, as, I, as, as we mentioned just before we, we closed out that last segment, there are a lot of folks who've gone through this missionary dating. It's like, uh, you know, oh, I know he's not a Christian mom, but uh, he'll come around. Or, yeah, she's not a, she's not a Christian dad, but you know, she's so pretty, you know. And, and now you find yourself unequally yoked. Yes. And at the end of the day, I, a couple of words come to mind, self-centeredness and undisciplinedness. Absolutely. And forgetting uh, the biology of youth, mm. that uh, when the body is just streaming with hormones and the physical changes and appetites, it is like a raging forest fire. Um, it's where I, I had to, I made a little vow that I would uh, only take a girl with me to preach or out. I would never date a girl, no parking. Because I tell you, uh, my family knew all about the power of this sexual urge in youth. And I said, no, it, it's a stronger. Someone said, if you decide you want to swim in the Niagara River, that they had all these markers that said, you know, get out. Right. Get out. And I think in this matter of our physical desires that are good in the right place, but once you pass those boundaries, uh, there's no turning back. There's just, it, it's so strong an urge. So don't light the fire. Right. Don't light it. And so youth, I, I hear David, I hear him say, forgive me the sins of my youth. Yeah. Because uh, you're, it's like what my brother Paul said, you go into the rut and you can't be reasonable. That, no, you that can't. You're, you're in heat from probably, what, any more about 13 to maybe, as Rich Rollins says, most men didn't get out of puberty to about 35. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. and so they have that biological urge. Don't play with it. Don't, because that beauty and that girl, everything will light your fire. Fragrance, beauty, 
all of this. We are just made to procreate eventually. We are. And God has designed it that way. This isn't, what we're talking about isn't bad. No. This is good. God designed it this way. But how we have misused it and warped it because of our fallen nature, that's what's made it bad. Yes. Well, it's where in the Near East, they say that the uh, Arab girl was married about 12, maybe a Jewish girl around 14. When menses began, guess what? They were spoken for in marriage. Yes. And in our culture, you got to wait, got to go through college. You got to make money, and there's no waiting. Is that a in your experience as a as a pastor for these forty plus fifty plus years? Um, is is that a bad thing? Do you think? I mean, we and I've I've thought about this because obviously we we both have daughters, and it, it it's like God has designed them for procreation at the age of thirteen, fourteen, right? Okay. Um, so, so God's design is there, but yet in our American culture, this me-driven society of, you know, oh, and, and, and this, oh, they're just children. Let them be kids as long, you know, they'll be adults soon enough. Well, if we keep them as kids, they never grow up to be as adults as what we've seen in society. But is this, have we lost something in our own culture and and to our detriment, I, I, I don't know if you've got an answer or not. If you don't, we're going to move on. But I, 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 just in offhanded thinking, uh, I sometimes wonder about that. What, what we've lost is a tent that can house them. That here, let's put me in Bible times. They get married, we just pitch a tent. We're, just, we're going to take care of a herd, you know, of yeah. sheep. Or whatever. So vocationally and uh, living-wise, hey, they they can just have their own privacy tent right. next door. Yeah, help me with the flock today. That's complex. Uh, we can't hardly afford things in the Bay Area to rent. Right. Uh, vocationally, what we all these? Uh, what could we say? What's come with the industrial revolution? Right. To support ourselves, we don't learn our dad's vocation. Right. We don't help yep. keep the farm going. And so uh, farm kids married pretty young. Yeah. And they were just assimilated in that culture. But it's very, I think, of Chuck living in the Bronx when he came to our country. Uh, hey, uh, to survive, where do I live? Uh, how do we manage? And I think all these other complexities, and yet we ask this, They'll wait. No, they won't wait. No, they won't. They'll find an outlet and vent that sexual drive and those human urges early because uh, you can't bridle that drive for long. Which brings about the the one word, uh, self-discipline. Uh, the Bible, God has so much to say about that one aspect of our lives. And I think if if there's one thing that's gone by the wayside, uh, especially in our culture, uh, because we do, we've got that McDonald's mentality. I want I want to please myself and I'm going to please it now. And, and let's just do it. And so we do. Uh, there is no self-discipline these days, is there? No. Well, uh, of course, 
when you talk to uh, a man or a woman uh, that's not under the authority of God. I mean, today the debate is, uh, who, who are you to set the morals? Uh, there are no morals. Uh, someone said, I heard one man lecture, said, the only place we believe in absolutes is at the bank. Right. Yeah. You, you better. You better give me the exact change. Yeah. I yeah. want that to be exact. Down to the penny. Down to the penny. But when it comes to morality, what's right or wrong, everybody can make their own Ten Commandments. It's all about what makes me happy. What makes me feel good at the moment, what isn't may, it? And and then you come to this thing. Uh, why is this uh, sexual urge so strong? And I always. As I look at the Bible, I see three reasons for sexuality that in God's design. Procreation, I want you to multiply and look at how much in our culture is to prevent babies. We'll yeah. abort them. Uh, we're going to use birth control. I, w- I thought birth control would solve the problem. But no, no. if you mess up, uh, we know how to get rid of it. Right. Okay. But the idea was no birth control way back. You got an empty earth <laughs> where there's nobody on this earth. Procreate. And I, I'll tell you. Just drive across America. Go look. There's plenty of space. There plenty is. of space. Oh, uh, just Nebraska alone. <laughs> no, no, well, I just heard that China's uh, uh, growth is declining. And get this. They've gone from 1.4 billion to 1.2. They, they've lost, declined by 200 million. Wow. But they, they're only left with 1.2 billion. Billion, yeah. Yeah. And so procreation, uh, keep that going. And then when you read Song of Solomon, uh, Proverbs 5, Proverbs 6 and 7, those three chapters, he, he's encouraging let your wife satisfy you. Uh, let her breast satisfy you. It's very uh, erotic language mm-hmm. to be in Scripture. They're very modest in that. But in, it's the idea, be exhilarated with the wife of your youth. And don't be uh, having your seed in the streets and fathering illegitimate children. Let her be the fountain of yeah. your love focus. And then he said to the Corinthians, to prevent the ongoing immorality that you're doing, let every man have his, his own, own wife. wife. And so I see procreation, pleasure, and prevention there. And so... Uh, I, we've got to, and I think well, let's, we've got to be sympathetic to these kids with this struggle. We do. And and speaking of kids, uh, when we come back from this break we're about to take, uh, let's talk about procreation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we live in a society, and, and we've got movers and shakers who are, you know, birth control, birth control. We we can't overpopulate the earth. And, and, and it's just dichotomous to what God is saying. So we'll talk about that on the other side of this break. Quick time. I'm out. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. 
And we're back. You are listening to Lifeline. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Craig Roberts, for giving us some time this evening with Pastor Phil Howard, Truth For Today edition. You can catch Truth For Today Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday mornings at 8.30 right here on KFAX. And then also on uh, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify. Yeah, we've got our podcast out there as well. Uh, Wherever podcasts are sold, batteries sold separately, as we like to say, you can catch us. And uh, we invite you to do so. Just look up Truth For Today on your favorite podcast delivery system, and we'll be right there. So we are talking about love. It is uh, February, as uh, most of us know. I don't, I don't need to tell you what your calendar is. It's saying the same thing mine is, and we've known it for uh, most of the month already. But it is the love month, and so we're trying to address some of the issues that, uh, you know, Hallmark, Hollywood, Nashville, they all have their views of marriage uh, and and relationships and what love is. Um you know, as Larry Norman wisely said, all you need is love. And, and you know, the Beatles saying all you need is love. And then they broke up. Um, we we tend to get this idea and, and mystical, magical Hollywood notion of what love is. God says, uh, I, no, I've got it. It's different. And it's 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 far more deeper than you could ever imagine. Um, along those lines. And you quote his song, Waylon Jennings sang a song, we made it as lovers, we just couldn't make it as friends. Mm. Yeah. And that's a lot of what's going on. I met you at a singles bar, I met you this here, and oh man, we had a night of lovemaking, but we couldn't make it as friends. Yeah. We couldn't settle differences, couldn't settle, you know, conflict. Relationships. Relationships. Yeah, the relational side of this. The sexual side, great. Relational, yeah, not so much. But yep. the fact is, uh, there is, and we've been dealing with some of this relational stuff. Stuff. We've been dealing with some of this, uh, some of the relationship issues that we, we face and that God addresses in Scripture. And Andy, would you share a little bit, uh, you were asking me about what marriage had taught and the conflicts. Uh, share yourself uh, what conflicts or mountains would you say you may have faced in marriage yourself so we can learn from your your experience too. Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're turning tables. Okay, um, seriously, yeah. Um, it is. You know, we were talking about the trials uh, that we go through and the struggles that we go through as married couples. And you do. Uh, there, are, You always face issues. You know, you're, uh, there are those times that you walk past one another in the hallway going, I don't want to even be around you. You know, and, and you, you, you give wide berth to your to your spouse. But at the end of the day, what you learn is uh, and as a Christian man. I have to. Uh, you, the first thing you've got to do is retrain yourself to move away from the the fault being hers. First thing I do is I go to I go to a mirror, and I, I I've trained and taught myself that if I've got if something if there's stress or strain in my relationship with my wife, the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking in a mirror. Now that's not a natural thing. Hmm. That, that our fallen natural mind 
wants to just like, you know, Adam, hey, God, it's your fault. This woman you gave me, she's the one who did it. And and the woman, oh, it's not my fault. It's the snake's fault. We, we, we are great at throwing people under the bus. We're weaklings until we need to have an excuse, and then we can throw anybody under a bus, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, you have to, as a Christian man or a Christian woman, you've got to train yourself, retrain yourself to go back to the mirror and go start right there. All right, where? And I, I think we, uh, I've, I've talked to you about this, Richard Wormbrand. Uh, uh, the pastor of the underground church in Romania um, started up the uh, um, the the martyrs voice of the voice martyrs. of the martyrs. I remember being in the living room of Pastor Reb Bradley in Sacramento years ago, the decades. This is in the eighties, and Richard Wormbrand was an old man then. And I remember, I remember. Reb Bradley, this pastor of Hope Chapel in Sacramento, going, hey, uh, so this 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 guy you grew up with, this man you, you, who started this underground church together with, you were like brothers. I mean, you literally grew up together in this in the same little tenement, uh, and you started this church together. You came to faith in Christ together, and he's the one who turned you in. And caused all this frustration, the, the, the years in jail, your your wife and, and sons being destitute on the streets, finding their way to America. How do you how, how do you feel towards this man? And I, I've never forgot it, Phil. His answer was really simple. Death feels no pain. And what he is saying is when I am sufficiently died to self, there's no pain. I, 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 for me, per you've asked me, how do I go through it? This is how I go through it. That is my, that is my go-to. Anytime I'm feeling pain, anytime I'm feeling offended, anytime I'm feeling like my wife has done something to bring displeasure to me, my first thought is, what needs to die, God? Mm. Is this, is this a righteous? Mm hurt that I'm feeling or is this a prideful hurt I'm feeling chances are 99% of the time it is a self-centered proud pride pain and it needs to die Beautiful. Now that's on me and so I, I go to the mirror and I look at the mirror and I go okay where do I need to fix this this isn't about me this is about her I am to prefer her I am to love her I need to care for this woman that God has given me. And and then I, I, I add to that, the, I, I create in my own mind um, a courtroom. Uh, and and not, a, not a legal courtroom, but a, a kingly courtroom uh, the, 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 where the king is seated. That kind of courtroom, that courtyard, right? I, I, I've, got, I've got my king enthroned, his son at the right hand. I am a prince, and this woman that I'm married to is a princess. This this woman belongs to him. And, and if I'm going to stand before my God in any kind of confidence and any kind of love and assurance of his love for me, I better make sure that that relationship is right mm-hmm. with my wife. Beautiful. Because he's also looking at her the same way he's looking at me. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I've, I've got to say, um, okay, yeah, it's on me. 
<laughs> and so I, out of all those trials and struggles, I guess the one thing I am learning, because I, I, it, 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 I haven't quit learning, I'm still learning it, uh, is how to die to self and how, how to live a selfless life with somebody else in mind and not me. It's beautiful because our our pride is so easily stirred up, isn't it? We we it's so easy for us to go down that road. Of, I mean, that's that's the heart of who we are: our sin, our our fallenness. <clears throat> I think something that's wonderful in conflict. Uh, years ago, Carol and I had a difference over whatever particular issue. I don't know, but we had this difference and. Uh, I felt we ought to go this way. She didn't. And uh, it just hit me because you always hear this, I want a man to lead me. I want a man to <laughs> all this stuff. And uh, it's, it sounds <laughs> Until they good. get it. Until yeah. they get it. Yeah. Well, well, I believe in submission until I'm told to do it. <laughs> and uh, uh, I've never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? It just dawned on me, and I remember we riding the car. I said, "You know what, Carolyn? God told me uh, to make a decision. I prayed about it, and if you disagree with it, what's so wonderful is you've got the same spirit in you that I have." And I'll let the Spirit settle that because I found out the leader of her is the Holy Spirit. She doesn't have any less than I do. Right. And uh, uh, let's quit. Uh, if all of us men died, they're not without leadership. Right. <laughs> they do have God for their they father. Do. They and do. And they do have the Holy Spirit. And so, hey, uh, came to a resolution. When I wanted to start this church, I told her on a Thursday evening, God spoke to my heart, go back where you grew up, start a church. I mean, here she's just coming in the door from a job. She's pregnant, and she started crying. I mean, it was like a shock. Uh, the next night when she came home, uh, I was taking care of my uh, little daughter. She came through the door. She said, I'm ready to pack when you are. And I said, what's happened? She said, God flooded me with this peace today. Mm. That If that is how God's leading you, let's go. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, uh, just leave them with the Lord. Let's quit babysitting them. Let's yeah. quit acting yeah. like they don't have the spirit. Like, right. oh, that we've got a mon those men got a monopoly over here on the spirit. No, oh no, we don't. I, I was as when I was discipled by men, I had to pay tuition. Outside of the men, I was discipled by women. Yeah, godly, wonderful women. So I could never be a chauvinist. No. I would deny the shaping in my early, taught me to pray, taught me morals, taught me purity, uh, all of this stuff. Showing us no chivalry, yes. That, that's right. And so that uh, I think that helped me so much, and, and we both have that. I said, you've got the Holy Spirit. What does he tell you to do? Yeah. Well, and that it's so much relief to me, and a lot of times, of course— 
I've done the majority of apologizing in this marriage because we usually do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we know how to stick our foot in our mouth really good. Brother, <laughs> Brother Macho knows how to get you know ballistic, and then that night in the bed, I feel like the Berlin Wall has been erected. Right? Yeah. Said, Looking for Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Say, say, well, Rambo, enjoy the evening. Yeah. Good luck with that. Oh, we uh, we've got the meddling. You better move to another section. We and we will. We've got to take another time out, and we'll come back and continue our conversations. Suffice it to say, we're learning about God's design for marriage and how God has set up love and what it means. And it's vastly different than what our society demands it to be. And we'll talk more about that as well as procreation. We'll get to that on the other side of this break as Lifeline continues in a moment. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And this is Lifeline. We are back with our Truth For Today edition featuring Pastor Phil Howard, Pastor Emeritus, Valley Bible Church of Hercules, on, uh, on, on podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold, and here Sunday mornings at 8.30 on KFAX. Chance to listen to some good preaching on your way to worship. And what a great way to warm the heart as you go to worship the Lord. And you can spend time with us Sunday mornings at 8.30 here on KFAX. We're talking about love and marriage and all things Valentine's, I guess. God's view of marriage, God's view of love and what it means. And yeah, we're just going through some of the some of the areas of, of why God has created marriage and what it is supposed to look like according to God, what that marriage is to look like. One of the areas and one of the reasons and Phil, we, you know, you, you listen to folks like Bill Gates and some of these other ultra uber billionaires who are all for population control because they don't want to overpopulate the world. And and so uh, they have this argument that, you know, we've got to be we, we can't be too procreative. But yeah, God says be fruitful and multiply. What? Why is there such a, a disparity between those two uh, reasons of thought? Why, why does God want us to be fruitful and multiply? And and what does it say about people who say, no, we, we don't want to follow God's law, God's rule? Well, <clears throat> we, we have an ideal of what it is to, uh, to be born. Uh, think of a, a Bill Gates, this brilliant man. Uh, of indescribable wealth. Uh, hey, uh, maybe the simplicity of life <clears throat> and uh, growing up like we, not urbanization, not all the crowdedness, not all the uh, challenges of city life. No. And, and I tell you, you, you drive across the United States, and I've been to other countries. There's plenty of land space, and uh, the space is there. The existence is there. And I'm telling you, the race is dying at a pretty good rate. 
uh, death is happening, natural disasters are taking place. Uh, it's just not a campaign that uh, God ever told us to do. And uh, pursue it. It's just like controlling the weather. Uh, man can't do it. We're trying to get everything under control. And they say we've lost over a trillion tons of ice just in Greenland, just from this recent volcano. A man just not in charge. Right. He's not in charge. And, and, and tell all of this to China, who said we've lost 200 million people, but we still are a billion, 200 million strong. Well, and they've, they've even got the, uh, the, the law of the land. Uh, you're only allowed one child per household. They've moved it up to three. Okay. Because uh, of the aged coming up there and having a younger base. They moved it a few years back to two. Now they've moved it to three. In this recent article, I just uh, saw it on the news. And uh, no, uh, it's what can we say? We can't control concern. What? Uh, it's just not our burden. And the Bible doesn't address. Uh, you know, it's like the Tower of Babel. I told you to scatter, yeah. and you won't scatter. So now I'm going to come down in judgment. Right. And so uh, I don't know what, what to I don't even have the energy or to control it. They spend all the time you we've done birth control we've done one thing after another hey uh, it's still growing it's not going to stop God and his design and no. this is his design isn't it to, to grow uh, be fruitful and multiply bless them and said be fruitful and increase and they did of course it was an uninhabited earth at this time yeah. but um, hey there still seemed to be plenty of space oh tons of space but but at the end of the day, it's it's about God's love for what he's created. And, and you know, if if we just look at kids, I, I, I know, and it, it was grievous to my dad. My dad was unwanted. He was a mistake. Uh, my grandmother, his mom, was bent on uh, conquering uh, culture for woman's sake. Right. Uh, he he was he was a mistake. And so many people view their kids as a mistake or as just something over there in the corner. Uh, we're going to, we're gonna, yeah, here, go watch TV. Here, go play a game. Go do something. Get out of, you know, go away, kids. You bother me, as W.C. Fields would say. At the end of the day, this is something God has designed and created and is called good. Called gifts. Gifts yes. from God. Yeah. Gifts from God. So, you know, marriage, uh, if you're, you know, uh, the, the typical excuses, why not to have kids? Well, we don't have the money. We don't have the jobs. We can't support all of the, all of the reasons that basically say I don't trust God enough to do what he's called me to do. And God's not even in the mix. I was uh, having dental work done at the University of California in San Francisco. And uh, the young man that was uh, doing the dental work, his dad had invented uh, heart machines, a wealthy, wealthy man from Sacramento. And so I'm talking to this young man uh, 
and uh, I was under the care for maybe two years. And uh, I asked him, I said, well, what do you plan to do and everything? And I said, how many children do you want? And he said, oh, man, don't want any children. Mm. I said, well, you, you just want to be wealthy, right? He said, you got it. And I said, you know what? I said, it's going to be something when you become an old man and uh, nobody to sit on your lap, you, you no, no child to hug you, no grandchildren. I said, you're just choosing to put a dead end, dead end to your posterity. And he said, well, I'm just interested in making money. Mm. And... Uh, and, and, and he's handsome. He, you know, he's on his way to being a dinner. He, he was successful, but uh, you know, I like girls, but don't bring any children. Living for self is going to be pleasant for a season, but um, it's going to be pretty lonely after that. Yes, yes, it won't, uh, won't last long. We've got to take another time out. We'll come back and uh, wrap things up here as Lifeline continues. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline, our final segment before we close things out here on our uh, Truth For Today edition of Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. We've been talking about love, uh, how God has designed marriage, to what end he has designed marriage for, and uh, uh, just what it is all to look like. And as we close out, Phil, I want to figure, well, let's close with this. Uh, We've got about six or seven minutes here. Uh, and we've 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 touched on it briefly, just in mentioning it. Uh, and it's such a a key issue, I know, for a lot of men, women too, but mostly men. And this is the area of porn. Uh, you get wrapped up, and and again, I you know your your desires are not selfless. Uh, so your desire isn't focused on your wife. And so you become selfish, and things aren't what they seem to be in your marriage. And so you turn to other options, other ideas, and now you're trapped. How do you get out of it? What what do you what do you tell a guy who's struggling with this? Uh, and and uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I would go to Romans six, but what 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 do you say? How do you how do you counsel somebody who's struggling with this right now? I I think I was really uh, helped by uh, uh, John Stott's uh, treatment of the um, uh, Sermon on the Mount. And let me just read it. He said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye, now here's you talk about the lust of the eye. Mm-hmm. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body 
than for your whole body to go into hell. Now, we have no record in all of the New Testament of any self-mutilation right. like this. Now, we did have early monks go out in the desert. They masculated themselves. That, But I think what Stott did that was powerful, he said, what he is saying is eliminate whatever is drawing the eye. You must cut off whatever intake of sight that is feeding the habit. And uh, I have to say, I, I was, I think, oblivious and insensitive to this pornography issue because uh, I took typing in school. I lived on a typewriter. I, I, I lived on it through my graduate program. I typed my thesis on an IBM uh, typewriter and thought I was moving ahead because it wasn't manual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was never bothered. Then I get in the computer age, okay, and word processing. But I, I've had times, the women available in your town, I said, what is that doing on my screen? You know, they, what, what they're advertising, they're advertising prostitutes here. What's going And I thought, wow. And what I saw, even in retirement years, that uh, if I was on that computer, I would, could be subject to almost anything. Right. And at times saw pornography. That first time in my life, in my 70s, 76, 77, how that, wow, if this had been put in my life at 15, 14, I'd be addicted so strong because yeah. I had to tell myself, cut off exposure. Uh, I, I've tried to get covenant eyes, but I've never made that contact. Uh, and I, being back south uh, in a large church, one of the leaders came to me and said, one of our major problems in this church is pornography. And uh, I, I think it's all over the country. And it is really, when I look at uh, Ephesians and First Thessalonians, it feeds lust. Uh, am I to be looking on naked people uh, as a part of my my pleasure outlet? Right. And men, that's where I think uh, hit me is retired men with time on their hands and computer knowledge. They can be hooked so bad because their sex life is nearly zero. If they've got years, they're they're dealing with other diseases, whatever. And so the fantasy life can keep going on and on. And uh, I think it's a big trap. It's dirtying more of our men so that on Sunday they can't lift up holy hands. Right. No, they can't. And you've got to cut off the, the eye gate. Cut the eye gate off, but at the same time, I mean, it's it's like uh, the Thessalonians, how you turned to God from idols. You've got to cut something off, but you got to you've got to add something too. Oh, that's and that's where you, that's where you go back to 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 Romans six. Reckon yourself dead. Do you know? 
do you know your, yourself to be dead? You're, you're, you're feeding on fantasy when reality in Christ has already been done. Mm-hmm. That's, that's absolutely that's, right. That, you know, um, I, I, I would add that, yeah, you've got you've to add the fact that you are reckoned dead. You, you are now alive in Christ, and there is that change. You are reckoned dead, but by the time he gets to Romans 8, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. In verse 13, you were told to put to death. You didn't say you're dead there. Right. You right. put it to death. Yes. Colossians 3, put to, to death, death immorality, idolatry. Said, so, wait, I thought I died with Christ. You did positionally. Your position, but you haven't died to it down here in practice. And uh, I, I w- the reckoning is great, but it, it doesn't eliminate the practice of it, it. Yeah, it sets the stage for you to practice and go forward in that, all of this. That's right. In newness of life. That's right. There, oh boy, we are out of time, and there is so much more we can say. Look, uh, I would encourage you, truthfortodayradio.org. If you've got questions, go there and leave us a question, right? We'll yeah. do our best to answer them. Uh, we are out of time, and it uh, just has flown by. Thank you, Phil, so much. And friend, thank you for putting your ears to this uh, radio program tonight. We trust you've been encouraged, and I pray that God is blessing you and your life, especially in this area of love and marriage. Have a blessed evening. We'll see you next month. Until next time. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.